In 2013, I was in Rio de Janeiro preparing for the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championships. And during one specific day of sparring, I really got stuck. I couldn't get myself out of side control out of one of the black belts. And after a while, I got frustrated. So I went to my instructor, who was a nine-time world champion, a phenomenal instructor, and I asked him, Hiko, what's going on here? I feel like I can't get out of side control. Like, what do I need to do? And he looked at me and said, calm down, Gabriel. It's all okay, but I don't actually think you're asking the right question here. The right question is not how do I get out of side control, but how do I not get into that bad situation from the get-go? That's the real problem. Why are you getting your guard passed and you're there? And it taught me a very interesting lesson that a lot of times when we ask a question, whether ourselves or other people ask us, it's about not accepting it at face value and asking ourselves, is this the real question or is there a deeper problem that needs to be solved? Now, the way this relates to today's podcast is that we have Dave on. Dave had a situation where he really wanted to follow this new North Star. He wanted to be a phenomenal manager and leader for his company. But he had these two employees where there kept being friction with them. No matter what he was doing, there were always issues. And he kept thinking to himself, how can I be a better leader to them? But what we needed to do was actually zoom out and say, how can I actually be a better leader to myself and my company in general? And do these two people fit into there? Now, the reason I thought this was so valuable and I wanted to bring it into the podcast is because I've seen this happen with so many people, so many entrepreneurs, myself included at times, we actually lose interest almost in the company and we don't have as much passion for it anymore because there are people there that don't fit. And because we can't see it as such, we end up losing the most valuable for that, the most valuable asset for the business, which is us. So in today's episode, we're going to be coaching a little bit, but explaining why this happens and how we can avoid it. One last thing before we get started, just for a little bit of context, Dave is not the real name here. And also the person behind Dave, he owns a chain of hospitality businesses all across Vietnam and Southeast Asia. So when you're hearing us talk about GMs and properties, it's GMs of those specific properties. Listen in, hope you get a lot of value from it. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast, how to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real-world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmorani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. I have two general managers who just don't, they just don't pull their weight. They're just not really getting the results that are expected. Um, and sometimes, most of the time when you say, when I bring up these issues about, you know, walking through the, the processes and et cetera, their daily tasks, I'm like, oh, we're doing it, we're doing it. And the results just aren't there, uh, if they are doing it. And I've known for some time that, that I'm going to actually have to eventually probably move these guys on, uh, and not even sideways. But one I've known for a very long time, he's worked on and off for me for about 10 years um, in, in different roles, not in this particular role. And the other one is a young guy who works for me who he and his wife have got a four or five month old baby. He's living out here from England. Uh, and so I want to try and give this guy every opportunity to succeed. And you know, talking about the leadership thing that uh, in my you reframe that reframe that um, mission statement of mine, trying to live with that and not bulldoze what I want to do in the business over these guys, not just say this is what you're doing, this is how you're going to do it. Trying to get these guys to accept and sort of sort of uh, do the work and also focus on it, but 
I don't seem to be having any any luck getting <coughs> getting through. <coughs> Pardon me, getting through to them. Um, my junior business partner doesn't seem to have any luck getting through to them. And but if I try to have a tough conversation with these guys, I'm always worried that I'm going to lose my shit because they they just keep they'll push back or they they've got excuses and, and this sort of thing. And so I'm just wondering how do I control myself that I don't blow up the situation. Yeah. Um, and if I do feel that coming on, how do I react quick enough to stop stop it? Yeah. Like stop getting angry or <clears throat> stop saying something that may hurt their feelings or, or whatnot, whether it's true or not. Yeah. Um, so, so let's recap. Dave's perceived problem, what he sees is that he wants to be a really good leader, but he has these two GMs that are underperforming and he doesn't know how to approach them and have a good and productive, tough conversation without him losing his shit and just getting really annoyed at them. And that's what he's trying to figure out. But let's figure out what's actually going on underneath here. What I was trying to listen in for the red flags. So the first thing is he's saying, I have these two GMs that I know are underperforming. And for a while, I know that I'm going to have to let them go. So he's already aware of that. Now, why can he act on that? And we go deeper and he says, the thing is, I've known one of them for a really long time, for 10 years, and the other one, he has a family. So what's going on now, it's also playing with him the difference between what he knows logically he should do that eventually I'm going to need to let them go. But emotionally, I don't want to be a bad guy. And that's what's tearing him apart and why he feels that he has to pent all this stuff up. And then if he has that conversation with him, he's going to blow up because he feels like he's trying to be a good guy, but they are not. And that's the real issue here. So let's get back into it. Okay. So to kind of clarify, I understand correctly. You're saying that you have these junior managers. You feel like, honestly, they're not going to be a long-term fit. But mm. in the meantime, you're like, I still want to be a good leader to them, correct? Well, in the meantime, I want to be a good leader to them. But, you know, they both know me, I'd say, fairly well. And I know them. And I, I think it's a little bit like they're not friends, but you know, they're yeah. we're friendly. Yeah, yeah. And there's um, not like a clear hierarchy. Yeah, they just don't well, they're just not getting the results. And they yeah. just okay. when, we, when we yeah. Can I ask you some honest questions? So this is what I'm doing here. Whenever you hear me ask someone, can I be honest with you? Can I ask you an honest question? Right? I have your permission to be honest with you. What I'm basically saying is like, in a way, brace yourself because I'm going to hit you with something hard. So I need you to be ready for it. And I laugh because I know a lot of my clients always think it's hilarious when I ask them that because they're like, okay, just give it to me. But that's really the point that I'm about to say something that I want to go really deep, really fast. So I have to get someone's permission in order to do that. Otherwise, you're going to shell up or feel like they're being attacked. But the moment I can say, can I ask you some honest questions here? He can immediately recognize that I'm on his team, that I want to go really deep in order to help him. And that's why I use that tool of asking someone, can I ask you an honest question? Do I have your permission to be honest with you? All those kind of things that give me the ability to immediately go deep, but without somebody feeling like I'm trying to attack them because they recognize that I'm on their team. Let's get back to the pod. Yes. What, why do you feel like you being like you wanting to be a better leader? means that you have to be better with them instead of saying, okay, they're not a fit. I need to move from them. Right now, finding people in those positions in Vietnam isn't easy, like recruiting new new people. Yeah. So they're fulfilling a role. They're not fulfilling a a higher role. Yeah. Okay. And I'm struggling to get them to do that role, the higher role. 
Let me ask you a question here. Do you feel mm -hmm. in some way entrapped by them because they're you're kind of stuck because you don't have somebody else to fulfill their role? So you feel like you're almost kind of like held hostage by their annoyance? Absolutely. Okay. So this is the big thing. That's probably why you have such a hard time having conversation with them because there's a lot of resentment towards them because you feel entrapped. Mm. Yes. Now, I want to stop here because either if you're listening in or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can't see everybody else on the call because we were moving. But everybody was shaking their head and it's like, wow, that hits home. Now, here's the reality. A lot of times we're not actually angry at a specific person, but we're frustrated at the situation that we feel stuck in because what we feel this person is causing. And it's a very subtle but very important nuance because the moment we just feel we're frustrated at this person and this is what it is, we don't have any power. The moment we recognize we're frustrated at the situation that we think this person is creating, that's when we can actually influence that situation. We give the power back to ourselves. And it's a really powerful and very subtle distinction that we have to make in order to move forward with things. Let's get back to the pot. Yeah, so like truthfully from what it sounds like, these people are bad culture fits. Like they're not taking accountability, they're not taking ownership. It's not just a technical mm -hmm. fit. That's why you say you can't move them sideways because you're not saying, okay, they just have a skill set, skill set deficiency. I just move them to a different place. Yeah. I really think this is less so an issue about like, because the tough conversation framework is when you have two people who actually have good intentions. You know what I mean? They might have their own personal deficiency, but they have good intentions. These sound like people that don't want to take ownership. Mm -hmm. It's like that whole saying, like that I like to say, like one of the culture things like in our company values and my company values is excellence. And what we mean by that is that we don't try to push lazy donkeys. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. And it sounds to me, what you're saying is that if I were to have other people that I knew could fill in this position, this would be a non-issue. Yes. So therefore the issue isn't the conversations with them. It's just not finding people for this role. And I think your energy, honestly, especially because you're saying these are not long-term fits would be better invested instead of trying to figure out how to have better conversations with them. They're like, how can I actually find people to fill this role correctly? Yes. Yes. It is. That's the whole issue. This is a very powerful moment for Dave because right now he's recognizing, oh, this is the actual problem. And you can hear it in his voice. He's like, yes. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Now, why were we able to get here? So a very interesting concept I actually learned from Farnham Street. They talk about three-week problem, three-month problem, and three-year problem. Basically, there are some problems that if you solve them, they'll manifest again in some way three weeks from now. Now, if you go a layer deeper, they're going to manifest again in three months from now. But if you really get to the root of it, you're probably not going to come up with this kind of problem again for the next three years. And that's always the goal with the coaching. Figure out how can we go a bit deeper and figure out what are the long-term problems that we can create long-term solutions for. So once we were able to dig into that, now Dave is empowered to figure out, okay, this is the real problem. Now let me get to solve that. Let's get back to the podcast. And I think like with leadership, what's also being interesting that it's bringing up is that being a great leader, like Dalio said it really well, it's like, being a great leader means that I prioritize the organization over an individual as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, including myself. Yeah. Like, I don't think you have an issue with having tough conversations. It's just that you feel really frustrated at these people because you're trying to be at your best. Mm -hmm. You feel like they're not. And on top of that, you feel like stuck because you don't have a replacement for them. Yeah. That's it. 
and I'll say this, man, like from personal experience myself, because we've just gone through something a bit similar like this within my uh, my smaller company and from working with a lot of guys, whenever there's somebody that's not a culture fit inside the business, the founder or CEO becomes infinitely less effective hmm. because all of a sudden they don't want to come to work in a little way. Like there's a part of them that's just so unpleasant. Like, I don't want to fucking deal with this. And all of a sudden their creative juices just plummet. And like I'm seeing from your eyes, you're like, fuck yeah, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to deal with these people. Yeah. That's exactly it. Mm. If I go on there, yeah, because if I go visit the properties and see shit that's wrong, it just literally yeah. drives me nuts. Yep. Like I have myself and when I've done this with other people as well, I've not yet experienced somebody letting somebody go and that was fucking terrifying because like, man, I need this role. Someone's going to fill it. Da, da, da. They haven't been super happy that they did it. Yeah. Like what I would also consider is like they're, are they the GMs of those properties basically? Yeah. yeah. That's a substantial role. And I guess that has a lot of weight in it. But when you look at it on an overall level, what do you think actually would create a bigger outcome? Them staying in those roles right now and doing it their way or them getting the boot, you having to pick up the slack around them, but you being actually doing inspired to do it in the meantime while you're searching for someone else. Yeah. So this is a really important question I asked him. There was a reason for this. You don't want to just leave somebody a bit inspired thinking, okay, this is how I got to solve this problem because what's also going to go on in their head is like, but wait, do I want to actually pay the price that's going to require for me to solve this problem? And it's why I've seen so many people, including myself at times, leave people in the wrong role for way too long because we dread what will happen after they're gone. Am I going to have to pick up that slack? But the reality is, and why I'm asking that here is, is there going to be actually more slack or less slack? Is this actually going to cause you more bullshit or less bullshit after you let them go, even though you have to take over the roles? So listen in because this is going to get interesting. Yes. Number two. Yeah. Door number two. Yeah, and it's a tough one. Yeah. Like, and I've been there. I feel yeah. like I'm going to have to take all this on. This is going to be challenging and da-da-da. But it's interesting because like, what I've found, again, with myself and others, that we take on more technical load, like more actual things to do. But because of that emotional load, just like dissipates because we don't have that frustration or feeling of entrapment or resentment. You actually have a lot more energy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just picturing how that would work. And... Yeah, it's fine. It's actually not an issue. Yeah. It's a weird one, huh? Like we make this stuff mm. bigger than it is. And again, I'm saying that yeah, from experience would, as well. Yeah, to take a conversation with the missus and the kids. And luckily we're coming into summer holidays here. So that wouldn't, you know, the kid, the kids going to be much easier to handle them during the school days. So yeah, do it for four weeks, find someone else. Yeah. Thank you. Pleasure. So it's a kind of a harp on that a bit so this is a conversation principle like i have for myself when i notice myself i'm getting a bit heated in a conversation or whatever it may be or with an employee something i ask myself i put in the chat like am i frustrated at them or the situation that i'm in because of them those are two very different things very different things and it's easy to confuse them because hmm. i feel like for you what you're saying the big thing that you were frustrated wasn't at them but it was fuck i'm in this situation and i'm stuck because of them so therefore, mm. if I recognize the situation, like then I need to fix the situation. I don't need to try to fix my conversation with them. Yeah, and it's a common thing, man. A lot of 
everybody faces, I think pretty much everybody faces the company at one point or another. You have a like a key employee or someone who's a star, but they're a bad culture fit. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, this, uh... Yeah. And you're right, the wrong, the wrong person in the wrong position just ruins everything. Yeah. Everybody it ruins the whole vibe. Yeah. Yep. It does so much intangible things that it's like it's amazing how much levity in the organization then how much creative juices like it's really hard to be creative when there isn't levity in there and there's a lot of resentment there mm-hmm. so let's talk about the honest challenges of culture and tangible things and where they usually meet in a bad way sales so a lot of people say my salesperson doesn't fit the culture but they're bringing in something so tangible And this is exactly what I experienced with one of my one-on-one clients who this salesperson was supposed to be a big deal, a big star, but he was causing him to not actually want to work in his own business. And I think this is the specific area, sales, where we have to be the most cautious of this because the culture stuff, it's very intangible. It's hard for us to explain, you know what, if I'm not really interested and I don't have my creative juices going, then it's going to cause this outcome. But it is very easy for us and very simple to say, if we let go of this person, this amount of money won't be made right now because of him. And therefore, we succeed to that number because it's more tangible, but we don't need to. And I think this is a really important thing to step back and ask yourself, am I just going with this because it's more tangible, especially around sales, or am I actually doing the correct long-term thing of making sure the culture is fit and that I'm actually interested and passionate about being involved in the business? Very important detail. Let's get back to the pod. Yeah. And like on a macro level, also remember that, like, who do you think is the biggest asset to your business? My wife and I. And my junior exactly. partner. Exactly. So if anybody's fucking your shit up, that's a problem. Mm. Part of my language. But like if that's there's okay. anything, yeah, but like if there's anything that's like causing you to not want to be engaged into the business, that's a really big problem. The and business that's primary for, access yeah, is that's being unengaged. That's key people as well, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's a giant problem. But even just yourself, yeah, like if, yeah, the, if my, the key asset of the business is not wanting to be engaged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My wife doesn't want to be engaged in the business because we've got people in there that she just finds frustrating. Yeah. So that's the thing, man. It's like they're, I get that they're an asset because they're the GM, but they're actually taking away from the bigger assets, wanting to be involved in the business. Mm. So even just from a dry mm. perspective, not a personal thing, it's like it just, that doesn't make sense. Yes. That's now very clear. Yeah. So what's your main takeaways here? Hey, takeaways is that, uh, yeah, about the frustration in the situation caused by these guys who either in, who are just through incompetency or unwillingness to do their jobs. Um, and for me to just to accept that it's going to make it's going to cost me more time in the short term, more productive time though, and it'll open up the opportunity to find other people who are possibly going to do a better job and get people back involved in the business who have sort of stepped away, which is in cost personal uh, emotion and uh, them also because they're very, very productive in the business. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. let me just go back a little bit. What do you think, like, you know, that whole thing, what's your person's most uh, prized resource? Sorry, say that again. What's like your most prized resource? My most prized resource. 
is my passion. Sorry? Like, let me say it differently. The only thing we can't buy back is time. Exactly. So, like, what you were saying is that it's going to cost me more time up front, correct? Yeah. Do you agree that, like, time is a really, is the most valuable resource? Absolutely. I think that's bullshit. So if this sounds like I'm putting him in a kind of philosophical corner and trying to really edge him there, it's because that's exactly what I'm doing here. Now, the reason I'm doing that is really important to explain. When I asked him, well, what are your main takeaways? I wasn't just trying to ask, what are the specific tangible things that you need to do? I was trying to ask, what are the base assumptions or beliefs about how you think things should work that have now changed because of the conversation and interaction that we've had? And what I was not hearing from him was that once I let these people go, I'm actually going to have so much more energy and passion to drive the business. And that's the key thing that I need to have in order to drive it forward. Because he kept saying, oh, it's going to take four weeks of time to find these people. And he was saying that time issue was the main thing. And that was the assumption I really want to challenge. And again, if it sounded like I was trying to corner him, it's because I was. Because it was really important to get to the root of that. The time is not actually the main issue. What is, I'm going to dive into right now. Really? And here's why. Yeah, this is a big thing. And I think it's a big realization to have. So you can have all the time in the world, but if you're sick in bed, you're not actually going to do anything. You're not going to be productive. Yeah. I think energy is more important. And the thing is, like, this might actually take away some of your time to, to do their job, find their stuff, whatever it may be. But I think your overall energy will actually be up despite having to put more effort into it. Mm. Because they sap so much of your energy. You're like, man, I don't even want to get involved in this. Your wife, she doesn't even want to get involved with this. So you can yeah. have all the free time in the world, but you don't have energy, so you're not actually going to do anything positive with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the best thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, and even sort of looking at the time thing, effective time with lots of energy put into it now is a much better investment than just time and less energy. Yeah. And if they get upset at the situation, that's on them. Yeah. Bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Pleasure. First off, I hope the episode was impactful and you got a lot out of it. Now, before we wrap it up, I want to share my two main takeaways that I got out of this conversation and in general. First thing, like what you heard from Dave is that a lot of times the problem you think is the actual problem is not the real one. There's something else that's deeper. And when you solve that, that's when you can see a lot of results. And in this context, it was that I was frustrated at this person, but in reality, he was frustrated at the situation that was caused by this person. And the moment you can change from saying, I'm just frustrated at this person, I'm frustrated at the situation, that's when you can actually change things. Because you're not going to change people, but you can change your situation. And the moment you do that, you take back power and you can improve things. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two is how important it is for us to stick up to the culture in our businesses, especially when we have people who think and really influence it and it causes us to take a step back. Whenever there's someone in the business that you don't like, that you naturally want to avoid, you're actually avoiding being involved in the business. You, the CEO, the founder, the head of the company, whatever it may be, you're actually wanting to be less involved in the business because of this one person. And that doesn't make sense. Like regardless of how good they are, you probably have a bigger impact. So by you not wanting to be involved, it's gonna create a bigger negative impact than whatever positive impact they might possibly make. It's gonna be a net negative. Now, especially if it feels scary because there's something very tangible like sales, you still gotta do it. Because the reality is, their positive impact is outweighed by the negative one of you not being involved anymore. But it just requires courage for you to recognize this culture over the tangible things. 
So you might not find yourself in the exact situation that Dave is in, but maybe it's a little bit familiar that you know there's something that you need to be doing in your business, but you can't quite put your finger on it and it's frustrating and it's really holding you back. Maybe there's also a little bit of fear there about, I don't want to disrupt some personal connections. I don't want someone to think negatively of me, or I don't want to think negatively of myself because I'm aspiring to be better. But the reality is a lot of times we can't see what we're actually supposed to do and differentiate that from how we feel. And the reason you saw on this episode that Dave was able to have those epiphanies and those aha moments so quickly was because he wasn't taking it as personal because he worked through his own stuff. He was able to differentiate his own stuff from this new logical conversation that we were having together. So if you want to join us for having better conversations and more logical situations, I invite you to check out the arena. Until then, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations. Go big and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamumryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and conflict tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamumryan.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at edamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmarani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.